Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. If you live in the Gulf Coast region, you need to find yourself at the EcoWild Expo May 10th through the 12th in Mobile. It is the premier outdoor expo for the Gulf Coast region, and we're going to be there. We're going to have a booth. We're super excited about it. Can't wait to meet you guys that live down there. We absolutely love the Gulf Coast region, so to be a part of this show, we're super excited about. We're going to have past podcast guests there at our booth for you to talk to, guys who are relevant for your area, who you can talk to, you can pick their brain, you can joke with them, laugh with them, tell them your story, whatever you want to do. It's going to be a awesome time. We're already working on some past podcast guests, but hey, if you live in this area and you have a suggestion for someone you want to see at that show, write in and we'll see if we can get them. There's going to be all kinds of exhibitors at the show that are focused on hunting, fishing, conservation, and recreation. There's going to be activities for the whole family there. They got axe throwing, archery. They're going to have our podcast booth. And then for the kids, they got touch tanks, a honeybee exhibition, a raptor show, kids fishing tank, BB gun range, and a butterfly house. So you're going to love it. Your kids are going to love it. It's going to be an awesome time. So head on over to ecowildexpo.com to get more information on the show and to go ahead and grab your tickets. And hey, mark it on your calendar, May 10th through the 12th. Be there. We want to see you and we're excited to talk to you. So we'll see you at the EcoWild Expo this May 10th through the 12th at the Mobile Convention Center in Mobile, Alabama. guys welcome to the fourth episode of the strut report again my name is jacob myers i'm excited to be with you all today and today we're going to have a really productive strut report i'm very excited about this we're going to be covering quite a few states and i'll give you a little list of where we'll be uh, having some callers call in from we're going to be covering alabama mississippi texas georgia tennessee south carolina and florida again guys this should make for a great podcast with a bunch of knowledge coming from all across the southeast uh, so we should have a you know a great time with this. Hope y'all enjoy this, and let's get right into the interviews. All right, guys, and on the phone right now, I have Cade Anglin. He's going to be representing the state of Mississippi and Texas. How you doing, Cade? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for asking. All right, appreciate you coming on and making a little time for us today. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, to start off, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about, again, where in t- uh, actually Mississippi you live. I'm in uh, Madison, just north of Jackson, I guess would be uh, central Mississippi. Okay, and do you hunt in similar locations, or do you hunt uh, different parts of the state? I usually hunt different parts of the state, but mostly here in central Mississippi, you know, within an hour of Jackson. Okay, perfect. Now, kind of transitioning to our next question, you know, what's how's your uh, turkey season been so far? Well, it's uh, it's been kind of bittersweet. Um, I killed a turkey the first morning I went uh, in South Texas, and um, 
that was actually the only bird I heard gobbling at the time. And um, the rest of the trip down there was pretty tough. I didn't hear a whole lot of gobbling, um, so I didn't kill a second bird. But several guys in the group with me, um, fortunately, were in the the right spot at the right time, and they closed the deal with you know their second bird. Awesome, man. Now, with that all being said, when you came back to Mississippi, have you been able to hut at all in Mississippi? Yes, or are you still waiting? I have, and uh, it's it's actually been kind of slow. Um, I haven't heard a bird gobble on the roost here in Mississippi yet. And that seems to be what, you know, a lot of people are saying. Okay, awesome. Now, are you hunting, uh, do you hunt mostly private land, or do you mix it with any public land, or what's your uh, hunting situation? Um, usually it's just private land. Um, I have hunted uh, public land in the past. I've hunted Tallahalla, and I've had some success over there, but of course you're, you know, having to compete with other hunters as well. But uh, it's, it's mostly private land for me. Okay, awesome, man. Now, uh, what's you know some of the turkey activity you've been seeing uh, from when you were in Texas and also kind of what you've been seeing and hearing back home in Mississippi? Well, um, in Texas, uh, it was not a whole lot of goblin. I think we might have um, been there a little early. Of course, it was opening opening day there, uh, but the majority of the hunters that were with me, they weren't hearing a lot of birds gobble on the roost. Um, but those that did gobble on the roost were um, were not doing a lot of goblin on the ground. Uh, which is similar to what I'm hearing here in Mississippi, um, you know, from the Facebook page and, you know, friends of mine that have, that have been hunting. Um, they're hearing a few gobbles on the roost, uh, and it's been mostly quiet on the ground. Um, so that's, that's kind of the same issue in Mississippi that I'm seeing in Texas right now. Okay. Well, I know that's kind of what's going on also a little bit in Alabama. Uh, that's uh, my home state. Uh, currently right now I'm in North Carolina, but um, – that is definitely what a lot of people have been saying so far, kind of the South, especially after this cold front went through, which that's another topic I'd like to talk to you about. You know, what's the weather been kind of affecting uh, birds when you were in Texas and also um, back here in uh, Mississippi? Well, it's, um, you know, before the season started, there was um, a lot of goblin activity from most of the buddies of mine that I hunt with. Um, but since then, uh, since we had that warm weather, it's been a lot of rain and uh, a lot of cool weather and um cold mornings and it's definitely um shut most of these birds down as far as goblin activity okay uh, again that's kind of across the board what we've been seeing so far so that's you know i guess kind of good that we're seeing that throughout the southeast and it's not you know changing at all as of now but hopefully in this next week or two uh, we'll get a nice uh, warm front coming through here and uh you know get these birds a little more hot but uh, one other question I'd like to talk to you about is this, you know, what's been working for you so far this season, and what have you heard some other guys uh, from just, you know, the Facebook page and everything else, what's been working for them? Um, you know, um, staying in the woods a long time um, and not giving up, you know, after these birds hit the ground and not gobbling. Um, the guys that I know that have, that have killed so far have um, just stayed in the woods and um, just, um, you know, the consistency of, of not giving up and staying there and um has really worked out for them um like i said those guys that stay in the woods and um are, are patient are the ones that are getting it done well i hear that uh one, who we did an interview with for uh this past monday's uh episode uh jared smith uh, that's that's his tactic and that's his strong point is you know having a ton of patience and he was able to get three birds, two on public land and one on private land in the first three days of Alabama season by using those tactics. So, I mean, that's really awesome, man, that, uh, you know, that's kind of what you're hearing across the board. That's my downside, though, is uh, I have very little patience while I turkey hunting. That is, it, it kills me. Now, also, kind of kind of transition a little bit more. Uh, let's, let's talk to you. Let's talk a little bit about y'all's Facebook group y'all have, uh, the Mississippi Turkey Hunters, and kind of like what y'all have going on with that so far. Okay, well, I, I help um, run the Mississippi Turkey Hunters Facebook page. Um, we're averaging around 13,000 members, um, and uh, it's been great. Um, we have a lot of people uh, that, that like to uh, participate in our giveaways, and right now we actually have a giveaway slash contest um, where we're taking all the proceeds and donating that to Blair Batson Children's Hospital. Uh, this is a second annual fundraiser for a children's hospital. Last year it was St. Jude's, uh, but this year we're keeping it in-state with Blair Batson and Jackson. Um, of course, we all love kids, and um, you know any parent that's had a child at Batson knows how wonderful that 
um, that hospital is. And so we just like to give back. Um, so we, um, we have our call makers that are donating um, special limited edition calls. Um, we've got uh, a free gun dip from uh, Etheridge Hydrographics. Uh, we've had a turkey mount from David Dice with Deep South Taxidermy. Uh, it's very simple. All you have to do is um, uh, donate $5 to get a spot um, in this latest giveaway. And we've got several calls to give away. The one that's active right now is a uh, Doug Morgan hen box, a um, Daniel Jones curly maple call, and a free gun dip from Etheridge Hydrographics. So $5 to get you in. We're going to pick a random winner at the end, and they'll receive that um, all those gifts, and the money will go straight to Batson. Well, that's a great cause, and what y'all are doing with that. I mean, definitely connecting a lot of people for a good cause. And, you know, what's another way they can get in contact with y'all or get connected with the page? Oh, well, you can always um, send a request to join Mississippi Turkey Hunters, um, or you can um, message me directly, and, uh, you know, I can get you in touch with um, – with an admin that can get you in the in the page or if you want to if you're not in the page and you want to participate in the giveaway we would really appreciate that and you can send myself a message or jamie puckett and uh we can get you entered um but uh our first call that we did um in this batson giveaway raised over six hundred dollars so we're we're really pleased at how it's going um and uh, we're going to try to continue with that success and um you know, they donate as much money uh, to these kids at the children's hospital to make their stays better and to, um, you know, buy better equipment. Um, you know, they're always in need of something. And um, we're just uh, we're just trying to give back, you know, uh, as sportsmen. Well, yeah, true. And that's another way for, you know, people to get connected and, you know, look at hunting in a great aspect is, you know, all these great hunters coming together, you know, for their good cause. And, you know, it kind of gives another reason for non-hunters to look at us and not be like, oh, you know, they're just over here trying to, you know, harvest animals. They're actually trying to, but instead, you know, giving back to the community. So that's a great cause, man. But again, Kate, I appreciate you coming on and uh, give us a great report from both uh, East Texas, East Southeast Texas and uh, Central Mississippi. So appreciate you coming on. I hope you have an awesome rest of your season. Okay. You guys do the same, and look us up, Mississippi Turkey Hunters, Facebook. Y'all have a good night. All right, guys, and next on the phone, I have Joey Bell, representing the state of Tennessee. How you doing, Joey? Doing good, Jacob. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing absolutely excellent. It's cold now. I actually had some snow today up here in North Carolina. I kind of kicked my butt because we had 65-degree weather yesterday. But uh, other than that, man, doing good. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, you know what part of the Tennessee you actually live in. I live in the Nashville area. Uh, just about 20 minutes south of downtown, actually. Uh, I grew up in Middle Tennessee as well, down in Hickman County, so I kind of split my hunting time, you know, in the Nashville area and down in Murfreesboro, and uh, I also make it back down home to Hickman County to our family farm. All right, perfect, man. Good to always uh, see someone from Middle Tennessee. I may be moving there in the uh, coming months, uh, so that'd be kind of cool, man, but kind of transition a little bit more to some of our questions we got for you today. Uh, you know, I know y'all season hasn't started yet. Uh, again, Tennessee is one of the states that uh, we'll be doing an interview for this week that, you know, their season's coming around, but it's not here right now. And what was the opening day again for y'all season? Opening day uh, for regular season is March 31st, and uh, we got our juvenile opening up this weekend uh, for all the kids, so that'll be great. Okay, yeah, that's perfect. I mean, definitely gives them a little opportunity. Hopefully it's going to warm up a little bit so they might have a little better hunt. But uh, to kind of transition a little bit back to our questions, uh, you know, you've been doing some scouting right now, but what's some of the activity from the turkeys you've been seeing so far with your scouting? Well, kind of like you said before, you know, the weather's been pretty bipolar, and uh, I've been hearing a lot of other guys in the state, you know, they've been saying the turkeys have been on and off for the past few weeks. Uh, but I've noticed, you know, on the cool mornings, if it's clear, they're gobbling and there's a little bit more activity. Uh, on the pretty clear days, they're strutting and trying to pair up. Um, I did scout around uh, on some private land on Sunday, and I saw a lone gobbler out by himself cruising for a hen. And then I, uh, I actually ran a, actually busted a gobbler off the roost this morning. I didn't even know it, but uh, it was well after daylight. I'd say around 7:30, and he had gobbled and uh, flew off the roost right then. So he kind of he kind of slept in. But that's kind of what we're seeing around Middle Tennessee. It's uh, you know, when the weather's pretty and clear, 
they're you know obviously more active but when it's cool uh, they're kind of locking up and uh it's just been off and on like i said for the past month okay yeah now with that being said uh, you know some of the properties that you're scouting are you focusing on mostly public or private land or what's y'all scenario right now for this season um it'll be split pretty much down the middle with public and private uh private down in rutherford county around murfreesboro i got a place to hunt down there and then i got my family farm back in hickman county so i'll try to hit those up on the weekends and during the week before work i'll try to hit the, the public land and uh, i'm going to take some days off in april as well and then i'll probably hit the public land pretty hard in the middle of the week yeah i think that's a perfect uh, opportunity you know especially if you have the right profession and career where you can kind of do that or, you know, work, uh, you know, some certain hours where you can get out in the mornings or, you know, mid-afternoon or something uh, during the week. I think you'll be really successful with that because, you know, that's definitely when me and Andrew start seeing, you know, less and less people out there is uh, just because of our work schedule and everything. We're able to hunt most of the time uh, during the weekdays. Uh, but anyway, so that's a great, great technique and opportunity if you can make that happen. But, uh, you know, going back to some of the questions, you know, what's something that you think that you've done so far this season that's going to make you successful or hopefully bring success to you this year? I'll tell you what, this will be the first year I'll really be uh, attempting some birds on some public land uh, for, you know, more than just a day or two. And one of the things that's really helped me, and I think, I, you know, you guys have mentioned it before, but the OnX app, that has really helped me, you know, scout out some of these public places. And uh, and I mentioned this to somebody else the other day. You have the roadless area uh, overlay or filter or whatever you want to call it. And it's hard, it's hard to use over here in the eastern part of the U.S., but uh, a little trick I have is I hook my computer into my, my television, and, you know, a big flat screen. You can see a lot better and a lot more uh, a lot more on the screen there put your roadless area filter on and try to find some of these big uh, spances of property and if you know you kind of get your background right and you kind of get a couple other things a couple other colors you can kind of really see where the roadless areas start on some of these bigger properties and that's really helped me and when i've scouted a couple of these public places those are the spots that i've went to first and I was able to find some sign and, you know, actually hear some birds on a roost, you know, way off the roads where people are going to be. So the Onyx and just putting boots on the ground has really helped me and it's going to help me, I think. Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I've been, ever since Andrew turned me on to Onyx, I've been a huge proponent of them uh, ever since we started using it. And it's definitely helped us with a lot of success, just, you know, finding, you know, both deer and turkey in areas that, you know, some people might overlook if they're just looking at Google Earth or something like that. Uh, and like that, you know, the roadless uh, overlay, you know, a lot of people don't understand that. And to be honest, I haven't even used that just because uh, the management area I hunt for the most part has roads within, you know, three or 400 yards of pretty much any area uh, for the most part. But on some of these bigger parcels or if you're hunting national forests, that can be huge for you uh, where you can get back in there. And, you know, like you said, kind of find areas right off the bat that, you know, people they may or might not understand that they're there but because you can see the property boundaries and everything you're gonna be able to get in there and have the confidence to know where you stand know you're on uh, public ground and you know know that you hopefully are gonna be able to have some success back there and you know other people might not be that brave to get back in there that deep right uh, and another thing too uh, about going out and putting your boots on the ground there's a uh, there's a couple places a uh, couple public places that I've found where it shows a road on there, but it's actually a, more of a trail with foot traffic only. So that that's another case where the Onyx kind of picks that up as a road on the WMA or you know National Forest or whatever. So it, the app counts it as a road, but actually it's a trail, and you kind of need to go and check that out yourself because you might be missing a few spots, you know, that could be could hold birds or deer or whatever. Oh, I hundred percent believe that. I mean. You can only do so much through aerial scouting. Uh, again, something that me and Andrew kind of talked about, and we'll hopefully do an episode over this uh, this summer is talk about our Wyoming uh, mule deer hunt, uh, DIY public land hunt. And we scouted this one area along this mountain for six months. Thought that's where we we're going to go. 
and once we do that episode, you'll find out why that did not work out. Uh, you can only see so much through aerial photos that uh, you don't understand until you put boots on the ground. So that is huge, huge, huge. So that's definitely something you got to focus on. You know, if you can do aerial scouting and feel comfortable getting to the air, but once you put the boots on the ground, it may look totally different when you get there. No, you're not kidding about that. So, but all right, man. Well, I appreciate you, Joey, coming on. Uh, it was a great interview. Definitely uh, our first one coming from Tennessee is going to be a great one. Hopefully we can get some many more from you throughout the season. I wish you best of luck through this season. I hope you can put some birds on the ground. Absolutely, Jacob. Uh, you guys, good luck this season, too. And if, uh, if you make it up to Tennessee, you know, you guys give me a shout. We'll go get on some birds. All right, man. I appreciate it. And I definitely will take you up on that offer. <laughs> all right. Good talking with you, buddy. All right, guys, and next on the line, I have Paul Thorne from Georgia. He's going to be representing the state of Georgia. Now, Paul, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. Again, I appreciate your time coming on here and making a little time for us uh, on this uh, Wednesday evening. Uh, Now, Paul, tell us a little bit about uh, what part of the state of Georgia you live in and also where you hunt in Georgia. Okay. I'm in in southwest Georgia, a little bit north of Albany, a little town called Leesburg. I've been I've been here for well since I started turkey hunting back in the early eighties, and uh, it's it's just what it is, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I totally understand that. I mean, we got to live there, and that's probably where you're the most successful. Now, you know, some of the properties I guess you hunt. Are you hunting, uh, you know, mostly private properties? Or are you doing a little bit of private public? Or what's your scenario for that? I do a little bit of both. Luckily, uh, I have I got plenty of time off. Uh, I'm a I'm an employee that can pretty much take off every morning if I want to get get out there and go and uh and I do and I've been doing that for years and years now and and it's always worked out and I've been able to uh to live it out every year for this is my 36th season beginning this year awesome now with that being said would you give us a little rundown of this uh when y'all season opens in Georgia and also what y'all's bag limit okay when I first started it was a bag limit of only two but they've increased it to three. Uh, it's been a long time. It's been three now. It starts this Saturday, and uh, and it'll go out May 15th. Awesome. Okay, perfect. Well, that's definitely a very generous season, and it's coming in at a perfect time after both, uh, you know, the whole state of Florida opened up with Alabama opening up also last week along with Mississippi. So it's great, perfect coming in line, and hopefully, you know, it's going to be a great season for you and any of your buddies that are going out hunting. But, uh, you know, from any of the scouting or anything you've done this preseason, what you've heard also through either social media or through some of your buddies, you know, what's some of the turkey activity you've been seeing so far, uh, you know, with this preseason? Okay, I'm available to hunt on several different properties, some on public, some on private, and I'll tell you the most exciting part I saw. I saw 12 gobblers all strutting in one field. Not a single hen, not one. They were all grouped up. Uh, They kind of broke up. We watched them for maybe an hour. Never made a sound. Uh, They gobbled at crows and that sort of thing. But they broke up in a little, I don't know, groups and subgroups. But they all stayed in the field. And there wasn't a hen to be found. So I really think they were a little slow on figuring out, you know, what they're going to do for who's in charge and who takes what territory and all that. They were all together when I saw them. Okay, well, perfect. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's good to hear so far. Now, do you think the uh, weather at all has been affecting the birds and, you know, whether or not they've been very vocal at all? You know, I'd like to say that, that it has, but year after year, this is what they do at this time of the year, whether it's, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, hot, cold, windy, doesn't make any difference. Um, I have seen where the goblin tends to get quiet on a, on a cold, windy day like this. But, uh, you know, that's, they, they still, they still going to do their thing. It doesn't matter if, if it's raining or what. They're, they're going to be out there doing their thing. Okay. Now, with the part of the state you're hunting, um, you know, is there anything that you normally do throughout the season that, you know, year after year has been successful for you, whether it's calling sequence or, you know, just certain scenarios, uh, you know, what's something that you kind of go to year after year that's, you know, been successful for you? Well, uh, a lot of folks won't believe it, but I drum almost exclusively. I do yelp and, you know, do fly downs and carry on like that too, but I do a lot of drumming. You can't overcall with it. It's it's It seems to work for me, again, year after year. I'm, I'm not leaving it. It's, it's always been good to me. Now, okay. 
again, me being a little more novice when it comes to turkey hunting, how do you actually, or how are you actually drumming? What, what either inch, what um, call are you using, or how actually do you do that? Okay, I made several prototypes. Okay. And I'm not here to sell a call or anything like that. I don't have any to sell. So let's be clear on that. But I've, I've made several prototypes, and I've used different ones throughout the years, and I'm, I'm sticking with one that really seems to work. Uh, I, I can call them with a Coke bottle. I can call them with several other things, but this one particular one works real good. It's easy to keep camouflage, and, and, uh, and it's a simple, simple call to run. And uh, it, just, it just works is all I can say. All right, well, I think we definitely need to have you back on because I want to talk to you a little bit more about that. But to kind of get throughout this interview, yeah, actually, you blow my mind. We definitely got to talk about that at a later day. And uh, I'm sure some of the listeners are going to be thinking the same thing. But uh, that's awesome, Paul. Uh, okay, well, cool. So, you know, definitely been seeing a lot of activity, uh, so that's good. Now, you know, what's something that you've done this off season or this preseason that's, you know, hopefully going to make you, you know, successful come, you know, opening day and opening week? Well, like I say, I've been I've been doing a little scouting, but I, I, the turkeys are almost always in areas. Generally, I try to listen for for any kind of patterns on where they root because uh, here in South Georgia, you know, I know a lot of people in other parts of the state, other parts of the country, they're they're lucky they can go to a place where the turkeys gonna roost in the same tree over and over and over and over. We don't do that here. They they I guess they move around because predators are figuring them out and, and wait on them or something. I'm not sure, but. It's very rare that they'll gobble in the evening and let you know where they're at, you know, at a roost time. And it's very rare that they roost in the same tree, you know, night after night. I mean, most of the time they'll move 75 to 100 yards from where they were almost every day. You might find them two days in a row, three days in a row at tops, and then they're gone. They go somewhere else. So we got to stay ahead of them if we can. All right. Well, I hear that. I mean, Paul, that's a, you know... You, you really have, going back to the whole drumming thing, you blow my mind with that. <laughs> so we definitely got to talk about that again. But, I mean, that's a great, you know, just quick interview, kind of hearing about what's going on in Georgia. And, I, again, I appreciate you coming on, Paul. And I, We are definitely going to have to have you come back on and maybe do a little better interview about, you know, a little bit more of your tactics and your, also your turkey hunting background, man. But, again, Paul, I appreciate you coming on. I hope you have a very successful season this year. Yes, sir. Good luck to all y'all. All right, guys, and next on the line, I have Peyton Lowe from Alabama. How you doing, Peyton? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing absolutely excellent. Now, uh, what part of Alabama do you actually live in, and what part of the state do you hunt in also? Well, um, I'm from Pickens County, Alabama. That's about 45 minutes away from Tuscaloosa. Um, so, and that's I'm from North Pickens, a small town called Reform, Alabama, um, and I've hunted here all my life. I was born and raised here um so i this is the only place i've ever hunted all my life well that's awesome now do you hunt mostly uh public or private land or do you mix in any public land or what y'all's hunting situation well actually i've never hunted public land i would like to try but uh, every time i've been i've been on private land okay cool well again that's something that we kind of like to relate with some people you know the opportunities you have on public land but you know, it's also a great opportunity if you have enough private land to be able to get it done. And from what it seems like, you've had one heck of a season. So actually, give us a just a really quick uh, how your season's been going so far. Um, it's been going pretty good so far. I kind of got ahead of the game, you know, opening weekend, but um, it's went really well. Me and my buddy went opening day, and he killed one with me. Then the next day, I killed one, and then this past Sunday. Um, I killed one, so it's it's been it's been pretty exciting, you know, for opening weekend. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, y'all been able to put down three birds total between you and your buddy, and you know, to yourself. So I mean, I think you're doing really good uh, as of now this season. I mean, you have plenty of season left and three more tags to fill, so you have oh, plenty yeah. of opportunity now. Um, so you know, what's some of the activity you've seen so far with you know the birds in your location? Well, the first turkey I heard gobble was February 24th, you know, preseason. Mm-hmm. And I went back three days later, it's February 27th, and we heard three more turkeys. And these turkeys gobbled a whole lot better, you know, just in a three days difference. Um, and ever since then, you know, in my neck of the woods, they've been pretty fired up, I guess. Now, I will say, um, before season, we when I went, you know, the turkeys, they wouldn't answer to my owl 
call or a crow flying over, anything like that, they would only answer to hens, you know, basically roosted in the same tree with them. Mm -hmm. Those hens would get to cutting up, and, you know, they would answer them. But since season has started, now I think the goblin has improved. You know, now they'll, they'll answer me with an owl, you know, or a woodpecker or a crow or anything like that. So I would say the goblin has improved in my neck of the woods. Okay, well, perfect. Now, with all that, you know, we kind of talked a little bit about how your season progressed and everything. You know, has the weather at all affected any of the birds or any of the activity you've seen? Well, here we kind of had an early spring, um, but, and then I think a cold snap came through right after that. But opening morning, I looked at my buddy's truck and it said 28 degrees. And, I mean, the ground was frozen. But that morning we heard like five different turkeys gobble. So, you know, I think once the birds start getting it on their mind, I don't necessarily think the cold weather uh, affects them as much as maybe like wind or foggy mornings or humidity or something like that, you know. Um, so they, they did really well, you know, like I said, opening morning it was really cold, but it didn't seem to bother them that much. Okay, and have you seen pretty much the uh, similar, you know, activity since then, as in, you know, they're still being pretty vocal, uh, you know, throughout this last week and a half? Yes, yes, they've been very vocal. Okay, and great. It's, it's been really good. Now, also with uh, kind of like what you've been doing so far this season, you know, what's kind of allowed you to have some of the, the success you've been having so far and, you know, what's something that someone else could do in your shoes to, you know, maybe have more success throughout their season? Well, I've been turkey hunting since 2012. I think I was 12 years old. And one of the one of my best hunting partners has always preached to me, you know, you're not going to kill him unless you're in the woods. And it's, it's finally coming to me now. And like I said, you know, I've killed two birds. But in my mind, going into the woods, I was thinking, you know, I'm here. I've got a chance. But that that um, opening, opening day all the way through Sunday, you know, I stayed in the woods. I'd never, I pretty much never came out unless I was going to eat lunch or something like that. I mean, it was very rare that I came out of the woods. So I think, you know, the best thing anybody could do is just stay in the woods. I mean, you'll learn something, you know, you can't kill them at the house. Oh, hands, so, hands down. I, I believe that. I mean, wholeheartedly. I mean, some guys also, you know, it might be like a light rain or something, and, you know, some people might want to stay home and this and that. Well, again, you yeah. can't kill them at the house. I mean, we only have so many days you can turkey hunt, so you got to make the best out of the worst weather. That's exactly right. Now, what's, uh, you know, something about your season so far, you know, what's a, you know, any kind of calling uh, scenario, or what's your go-to call when it comes to, you know, trying to get some of these birds within range? Um, I use American Strutter Ceramic. That's probably one of my favorite calls to go to. Mm -hmm. um, I like to use any of their mouth calls. Um, when a bird, you know, when, when he's closing the distance, I like to use a mouth call just for the simple fact that I don't have to move a whole lot with a slate call. Um, but anything American Strutter, Houndstooth Game Calls is really good. Um, uh, what Hunter's Addiction, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they got good calls too. Well, awesome. Well, um, well, I mean, it definitely seems like you're having a very productive year so far, even with, you know, some people saying that they think that some of this colder weather is kind of keeping their birds down. It seems like, you know, in your area, you'll be able to get these birds fired up and really have some success, you know, early on, which is always great because, you know, oh, yeah. the end of March and going in the first couple of weeks of April has always been some of the best hunting for myself. And, you know, when it comes to activity and also just, you know, just finding birds, uh, especially lone, lonely birds that really will come into pretty much anything. So, I think you're That's set right. up for an awesome rest of your season. I appreciate you also coming on, Peyton, and uh, being our actual first uh, female interview. I appreciate you coming on and doing that, and hopefully we can have many more following you and definitely check back with you uh, later this season see how your seasons progress. Well, I thank you, and uh, thanks for having me. All right, guys, and to finish out this episode, I have Robert McCormick on the phone with Old, Ta or Old Tom and also Apex Ammunitions. How you doing, brother? Oh, not too bad, Mr. Jacob. How about you? I'm doing excellent, man. 
Uh, guys, I don't know if you, any of y'all know about Robert. If you don't, then you are not on social media. This guy has been putting down birds for years now, especially the last couple of years I've been on social media, and they're doing it this year also, man. So, Robert, give us a little uh, background of your home state of Florida and where you hunt in the state and kind of how your season's progressed so far. Well, now I'm living in Plant City, Florida. I'm originally a Crestview boy up there in the Panhandle area, um, but, you know, moved down to Plant City years ago. Uh, with family. Okay. The, uh, yeah, turkey season's been pretty strong down there. We started out in South Florida. Got an invite down from um, Brian Yeomans and, and my buddy Dusty. And uh, started out down there. Uh, everything was pretty strong. The birds were actually kind of tough. They, um, you know, the hens seemed like they had nitrous in their tail feathers. Just wanted it. Anytime a gobbler started to ring out, they, uh, they wanted to run to them just as fast as they could off the roost or on the ground. So it was really... Really strong hunts, especially well, at least on the properties we were on. They um, just not very responsive. Uh, very light goblin. Um, not a whole lot of carrying on as far as like they usually tend to do with the uh, weather we had. Bear metrics were real good. Um, Should have had a lot more goblin than we did, but it was just tough hunting. Still able to seal the deal. We, um, I actually ended up tagging out in South Florida before my uh, hometown season opened, uh, the north zone, uh, north of 70, and helped tag a couple of the boys out. Uh, me and Brian, we were fortunate enough to be able to double down there on the final day on an afternoon hunt. But it, like I said, man, it's just really tough hunting south. Started, you know, wee hours of the morning and, I mean, hunted all day on, on, on one occasion and another occasion, hunted until 3, 4 o'clock before we finally sealed the deal. So a lot of moves, um, soft calling, but then again, a, a lot of that can be attributed to that good old uh, first hunt of the season, get the jitters out, work the bugs out, and new property woes as far as just not knowing the property you're really on myself and uh, what, what moves to make. But Brian and, and Dusty and them boys, they did a very good job uh, of providing plenty of land to run on and, and uh and uh, plenty of birds. They have a lot of birds, man. Good Lord, there's a lot of birds down south. Well, so. I was going to say, that's awesome. I mean, it sounds like y'all set up for that was perfect. And y'all hit it on a you know good time and you were able to you know, seal the deal. And again, guys, uh, Robert's going to be uh, kind of a little bit more about his intro. He's going to be representing both uh, the state of Florida and South Carolina. He's currently in South Carolina right now. And with that being said, Robert, tell us a little bit about how your season's progressed right now with South Carolina. South Carolina has been hot. Um, and what I mean by hot, I'm not talking the weather. It's uh, for a Florida boy, the weather has been rather chilly, but um, the birds are hot. Um, they're still pairing up. Seen a lot of groups of three, fours. Um, one of the videos that we shot, matter of fact, some of the footage we got ended up having three toms on one hen, all three strutters, very mature birds, three year old pluses, and. Um, Man, they just been hot and heavy. The hens are vocal. Uh, you're able to appeal to them nicely. Um, the, the, one of the hunts we did this morning um, that actually I tagged out on uh, in South Carolina was a um, was a hunt that it just hour hour and a half and mainly appealed to the hens. Just found that boss hen, you know, brought brought the young hen talked to her, and she uh, she 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 wanted to come check things out and see see why I'm over here and why not with them. You know what I mean? And she, of course, drug old Tom down to his death. So it was a very exciting hunt. And we're going to find out more about this cold front in the morning. It blew through this afternoon, and we chose to basically ride it out and go eat a big, fat, nasty uh, ribeye steak and enjoy enjoy the afternoon festivities. So we're going to get up bright and early and see what's going on with this front. We um, tried to roost a few birds areas on some of the other farms and wasn't very successful after the fact so they either flew up early or just not wanting to cooperate while they're on the limb as far as giving us a location so we're going to go in blind in the morning uh we know the farms have birds on them but we're going to go in blind in the morning see if we can't tag a few more people out and uh, you know just continue on with a already overly successful trip and you, you did tell me uh, that you've already tagged out in South Carolina. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, day and a half. Awesome. Man. That's when you know you have a great setup and you have everything working for you is when you can do that that yeah. quickly, man. 
Yeah, and it helps having a guy in the area. You know, my brother lives up this way, and he's boots on the ground. And, you know, a lot of people, they, they really focus on so many different aspects. I focus on every aspect, but to me, one of the most important aspects is really knowing your area, knowing your property, knowing what the birds do, where they roost, where they want to feed, where they want to dust, where they want to, you know, water. Especially right now, as dry as everything had been prior to uh, the last couple of days. I know Florida's really dry right now. South Carolina seems to be pretty dry. Just as fast as it hits the ground, it's soaking up. Um, at least in the region I'm in. <clears throat> but it's, um, you know, I, I attribute a lot of it just because I have people in the area, like my brother, that uh, just puts the time in and just knows the birds, knows the properties. And on top of that, just mix it in with just, you know, good old-fashioned strong calling and things of that nature and, and knowing your equipment and being able to seal the deal. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always good to have boots on the ground. You know, if you are hunting out of state, it, you know, the more people you know, the better off you're going to be, especially if you can know somebody in that area that can maybe do a little scouting for you or kind of give you a better idea of what's going on right now. And, again, that's kind of like what we're doing with the strut report is, you know, kind of helping out with being boots on the ground, you know, quote-unquote, to help people out. If they're hunting out of state or hunting a different part of the state, they kind of have a, a decent idea of what they might be walking into possible uh, with their, you know, local uh, flock and, you know, what some of the birds are doing. But, I mean, it sounds like you're having an awesome time so far in South Carolina. You've already had a, a great successful season so far in South Florida. Now, are you going to be able to go back and hunt North Florida at all? Yeah, I'm going to go back and uh, hunt the North Zone. We actually did, or the, the North 70 Zone, I should call it. Um, we actually did the weekend before I came up here. And um, I had a buddy from Louisiana down, pretty much family. Uh, I call him my brother anyways. Um, and my other, one of my other brothers uh, that might as well be family, Mr. Bill Krennic, he, uh, he and I and uh, Mr. Corey, we, we were able to, you know, hunt this other particular piece that we have in uh, central Florida. <clears throat> and I was able to tag Corey and, and Mr. Bill was able to tag you out as well. Uh, very successful hunts. Spurs are really, really receptive. Um, typical similar what's going on up here right now um the, the hens are really receptive uh just able to have communication you know knowing the property and just pretty much knowing transition points things of that nature travel corridors you know being familiarized with your your surroundings and it just worked out um i mean lord one of the hunts was <laughs> literally 35 minutes we had to wait for lethal shooting light because we just figured the bird's roost location out and got in tight to him first thing in the morning. He was spitting and drumming 25 feet above our heads when we got in so tight, but we got there early and was able to set up and literally had to wait for shooting light um, to, to kill the bird because he was on the ground early. Um, no, The funny part was there was no calling involved on this. It was my buddy Corey decided he needed to turn his thermocell on while we were set up, and the clicking of the thermocell, I'm, I'm assuming this, three-and-a-half to four-year-old bird that Corey killed thought he was spitting and drumming back at him, so he flew down looking for a fight. And uh, it turned out to be a very successful hunt. So we got that on film as well. Um, unfortunately, the camera got really wet from the thick fog, and hence the reason why I bought a new camera the night before last. Oh, man, that's awesome. I mean, anytime you have a you know hunt like that, I mean, that's that, that'll get you fired up and get you even more excited about turkey season, especially if you're traveling and hunting. You know, the more success you can have, the better off, you know, you're going to be later on as in, you know, just your mindset. You know, if you have success early on, you know, you're, you'll be physically and mentally prepared to, you know, for the long hauls when season does get tough or if it does get tough for you. Um, but, you know, kind of going back a little bit about this little weather. So, you know, you get that cold front that's pushing through right now through South Carolina. It just came through North Carolina where I'm at. Um, I'm guessing y'all expecting to have, you know, more of a little quieter hunt in the morning possibly, or do you think the weather is going to affect them at all when it comes to this vocalization and this gobbler? I would, I would say that it's really going to be dependent upon the barometrics. Um, and if the birds go to bed wet tonight, fortunately they've had plenty of time to dry off. They uh, this morning they were not very vocal. Um, it was in the 40s this morning initially. Uh, once the sun popped out and the birds pretty much dried off, they they got extremely vocal. Um, one of the birds, or one the, the actual birds we hunted, probably gobbled eight, nine, ten times on camera for us that we we actually captured. Uh, for for a Florida boy, that's a lot. You know, our Osceola's back home. They're just you know, it all depends on their mood, but not used to hearing a lot of gobbling. Um, 
like you would out in the Midwest or something of that nature where birds just take two steps and gobble and two steps and gobble and just can continue to walk and gobble. It's just the way they seem to be, you know. Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm curious myself, uh, Jacob, to see how it goes in the morning, uh, especially with this spike that we're going to have. I haven't been keeping a very strong eye on the pressure. Um, I'm just hoping they're around the and if they are, it should be very entertaining. Um, so we'll see what we'll see what transpires. Um, I do know the weather, cold weather, and you know, barometrics, and as far as front, any kind of change can play a drastic role in changing a, a turkey's attitude and just how he wants to approach his day the following. So I'm really curious to see how this transpires. Well, I'm sure, you know, anyone that follows you on Facebook and myself will definitely figure out how it does for y'all in the morning. If we get a, uh, you know, he shouldn't have done that uh, post coming from you. We'll know that a bird's on the ground. So, <laughs> but uh, that's all, again, that's always a good time. Now, uh, you know, what's something that you've done this season so far that, you know, has helped you be successful and something that you can do, you know, throughout the season that maybe someone else can, uh, you know, try out that uh, might help them be successful throughout the season? Well, one of the main things that I've done is really just pay attention to the flock. Um, now, if you've got a solo gobbler, they tend to just be really, really fast hunts. Um, but if you've got a bunch of birds that basically have a lot of hens with them, which happens to be case in point where we're at now, um, with the exception of our first day's hunt, we actually got very fortunate on that hunt. He was only with a, uh, the three birds with a solo hen. But like today's hunt, uh, this morning's hunt, there was probably 15 hens with just a pair of mature toms. And it's just really feeding, or, or not feeding, but basically recognizing their temperament and pretty much feeding off what they give you. That's one of my, one of the things I like to do most is I like to really pay attention to what the flock's doing, how the, uh, how the birds are acting and responding. And, uh, Basically, just feed off of what they give you. If they if they get aggressive with you, I tend to get aggressive back. If they're very passive and and um, you know just go stay with soft yelps and just purrs, whine, things of that nature, I tend to just give that back to them. Um, every now and again, like I like I discussed uh, a little bit ago, I like to do that young hen lost hen yelp and 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 or, or talk anyways, and just try to appease to the motherly side of a mature hen because you. Can tend to do that more often than not than you would try to aggravate the mature hen to get them to come to you. I call more to hens uh, than I do a tom. Um, now, when a tom's by himself, of course, that's all I got to talk to. So, but when I've got a group of hens, I'm more appeasing. She's trying to appeal to the uh, to the hen and, and draw her attention to get her to come to me more so than I am the tom. So, he gobbles. That's fine. Gobble. I want to hear, hear her yelp. Because I want to talk to her, I don't want to talk to you. She's going to bring you. It's basically the way I see it. Oh yeah, I mean, especially if they are hinned up like that, you know, it's harder just to bring a gobbler in by himself if he's got two or three hens with him. Uh, so I mean, especially like you said, like you can talk to that hen and get that hen to come in or those hens to come in. Uh, you definitely probably will have a little higher success with that as long as you can kind of, you know, stay still enough, especially if you have a hunting partner with you, you know, have all those eyes around you and uh, kind of stay calm and, you know, be able to pull the shot off. I think you'll be very successful with that. But now also, uh, you know, what's kind of the rest of your season looking like uh, so far? I know you're in South Carolina right now. Um, what's kind of the, what's going to transpire for the rest of the season for you? Well, I'm looking at possibly going uh, either Friday afternoon when I get done here. Uh, with hanging out because you know I'm over here seeing family too um so when I get done seeing family um I'm looking at probably either hitting Georgia and Alabama I got to swing by Georgia and go see Mr. Jimmy Washam and at Jeb's and drop a couple four tens off to him that he's going to do some barrel work and um build a couple choke tubes for me so I can start experimenting with some of them but um I'm either going to stay in there and go see my buddy Chet uh Royals that's right over there by Hazelhurst, or I'm going to go on to Alabama um, over there by the Pea River in Sampson, Alabama, and, and go over there and see what's going on. I hear the birds over there right now are pretty tight-lipped and not really doing a whole lot. Um, my buddy Chet's sending me pictures every day of birds that he's got on camera, and it doesn't open until Saturday. So, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, which way do you go? So 
might just do them both. Who knows? <laughs> well, hey, so that, exactly. I mean, if you can make the time for it and you have the time, I, I'd recommend do both. I mean, I'd, I'll say as long as there's turkey season, I'd be trying to hunt as many places as I can with my time frame and my financial backing. So if you get all that situated, man, I, I'd take a full advantage of everything you've got so far. Oh, I try to. And it's and it's one of those things that my, my uh, vacation time comes to an end Thursday. I got to get back to the power company and get back to work. But you can you can pretty much bet the next uh, the next off days I'll probably have some vacation following up on it. This is you know this is where I spend my time. You know, turkey hunting is just everything to me, you know, outside of family. And um, when it comes down to chasing deer, ducks, and all that, it's fun. Don't get me wrong, and I and I do it, but it's more of a filler just to get to turkey season. So turkey season is what I eat, sleep, breathe. I mean, it's just what I love. So it's a, it's a stronghold passion. And but, that's well, that's something that we definitely try to connect with a lot of individuals in. You know, something we want to relate with a lot of people, especially whether or not they're a newer hunter or you know, there's a you know a you know seasoned veteran, uh, kind of like yourself. That you know, that is something that you find really uh, outstanding with a lot of uh, turkey hunters is just their passion for it. Because you know, turkey hunting, we only have a limited time to do it. I mean, it's not like deer season where we got three or four months to do it. I mean, you can get tired of deer season after you know a month or two, depending on the situation and where you're hunting. Where turkey hunting, I mean, you got to be fired up for the whole season because it's a marathon. I mean, if you can make the time for it, it's a marathon. You find a lot of guys super passionate about like yourself. And, you know, once turkey season comes around, there's nothing else they want to do. I mean, work is on the back burner. You know, got to take care of the family and everything. But other than that, yeah, everything else is pretty much on the back burner for the most part. Uh, so I understand that, man. But, again, I appreciate you coming on and, you know, again, dropping a lot of knowledge to all of our listeners and kind of seeing what's going on right now again in uh, – south carolina and also florida and also what you've got going on the next couple weeks i think you're gonna have a a great time and i wish you a lot of success for the rest of your season i hope we can get you back on again for an actual episode and you know talk a little bit more about some of your tactics and everything and uh, go in a little more detail of some of these topics oh i'd be i'd be extremely happy to do that again um and i'll shoot you a text message about tomorrow morning afterwards let you know how everything transpired on the birds and everything else so you can uh you know add it to the podcast etc but i would be more than happy to be back on uh, anytime, Mr. Jacob. Anytime you want to have me. So, all right. Well, again, Robert, I appreciate you coming on, brother. Look forward to uh, talking to you again, and I wish you a successful hunt in South Carolina, and hopefully in both Georgia and Alabama. Roger, Mr. Jacob. I appreciate it, sir, and thank you very much. All right, guys, we're starting to get kind of close to summer here. And you know what my favorite part about summer is? The Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard us talk about it a lot last year, and we actually got to meet a lot of you guys at that expo. Well, we're excited to announce we're going to be there again. This time it's going to be in Dalton, Georgia, June 28th through June 30th. We are going to be there all three days. We're going to have a bunch of past podcast guests there. We're going to have a booth where you can come by and grab some merchandise. And I'm sure we're going to be recording all kinds of podcasts there. If you're unfamiliar, the Mobile Hunters Expo is the place you need to be if you are the kind of hunter that listens to this podcast this show was literally made for you it is an excellent group of people that are going to be there a lot of whitetail killers from around the southeast are going to be there you're going to get to talk to them shake their hand learn from them in person make some connections and guys we get a lot of questions about hey, which saddle should i get which tree stand should i get what about this piece of gear what about that piece of gear How do I meet other hunters who want to hunt the same way that I do? You know, finding a good hunting buddy. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a place for all of that. So you guys don't miss it. June 28th through the 30th, Dalton, Georgia. We'll see you there.